Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ray Carr, along with Cindy Verbalin. The show is hitting the mark with our star, Jeffrey Mark. This episode is all about Don Wells. Welcome, everybody. And now, Jeffrey, tell us, if you will, a little bit about Don Wells. How little do you want? Actually, actually, what I'd like to know is I'd like to know as much about, you know, the persona of what led to Marianne on Gilligan's Island. I know that, you know, she was crowned Miss Nevada and she represented her state in the Miss America 1960 pageant in Atlantic City uh, in 1960. But there's so much more about her than that. So I know you know her, uh, personal, was a personal friend, so explain that. Yeah, Don and I were extraordinarily close friends for, gosh, almost 25 years, maybe longer. Dawn, I, I've not met very many women like Dawn. She was very aware of how attractive she was and used it to her advantage. But she spent her whole life really developing the other parts of her personality and her talents. She was an extraordinarily intelligent woman very curious about the world and how everything worked. So it's not surprising. You know, her father was half owner of the Thunderbird Hotel in Las Vegas. Oh. She, she has this one side of her that is money and celebrity and power. And then she has this little Italian mother, uh, a mother of Italian descent, I should say, who was a wonderful cook, a very strict mother. And her parents divorced when Dawn was a little girl. So she lived with one foot in two different worlds. Uh, life with mom was very middle class, watching every penny, uh, doing what Italian mothers did in those days with their Italian daughters, protect, 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 protect. And then she'd go with her father and life would be limousines and casinos and entertainers and power and she had to straddle that. So it's not surprising that she inherited her father's lust for life. I'm, I'm using the word lust in a nice way. A love of life, a desire to get out there and to sample all that life could possibly offer. And she had her Italian mother's Catholic morality and ethics. So she was a complicated person. Not surprising. She, it was not her idea to be in the Miss America pageant. It wasn't even her idea really to be in the Miss Nevada pageant, but she was that guy's daughter. It just sort of happened. Dawn wanted to be a dancer, a ballet dancer, but found out in her high school years that she had two bad knees that precluded her really ever being able to dance professionally. And, and between you and me, you know, a, a dear friend, but Dancers have to be built a certain way. And while Dawn's legs were beautiful into her 80s, they were short. She was very short-legged. And I don't know, even if her knees had worked well, how good of a dancer she might have been. But the dancing world's loss was the acting world's gain. So uh, coming into the Miss America pageant and doing as well as she did, because she was a finalist, uh, opened the door for her to then take her talent and do something with it. And that's where the acting begins. Well, 
she comes from these two different worlds, as you mentioned. There had to be conflict along the way. You know, the, the Catholic upbringing, the world of Las Vegas, they really kind of butt heads a little bit. Was there a lot of conflict of morals in her life growing up? I don't think there was a conflict because her parents were both very nice people. I never met her father. I did meet her mother. They did not, her mother never, ever, ever spoke badly about her father to her. Uh, there were things she could have said that would have been true, but hurtful to Dawn, not said. Uh, Dawn's mother was not looking for retribution or to get back at him. She, she took as little help from him financially as possible, which usually meant nothing. Uh, he did not pay her alimony. She supported herself and got a stipend for her daughter to pay for expenses. And even with that, if she could do it on her own without it, she did it. That's who her mother was. Her mother was home cooking, do your homework, you know, be a good girl. Her father also did not speak badly of Dawn about her mother. And there were things there he could have said too. Two human beings who had faults. There are reasons why they got divorced. It was more than one reason. Incompatibility of two different personalities. Mm -hmm. That wasn't Dawn's fault. And they didn't want it to be Dawn's problem. So everybody played nice. And uh, Dawn, when she talked about her childhood, there, there weren't these huge traumas. She understood the rules in each household and she obeyed the rules in each household until she came of an age where she was in charge of herself. But, you know, I, I met Dawn in the 90s. Her mother was still put on a sweater, have some soup. She was still mothering Dawn uh, <laughs> all the way up till the time she died. So uh, Dawn had that kind of love behind her from both her parents. She knew, she knew she was loved and wanted. Perhaps that's where her confidence came from. Had Dawn not be become an actress, what do you feel she would have been? What kind of person would she become or, you know, like what kind of career would she have gone into? Hard to say, of course. We talked about that, actually. Uh, I think Dawn would have liked to have been a psychologist. Dawn loved to know what you're thinking and why you're thinking. Uh, what are your ethics? What are your, what is your morality? What do you think about this? When Dawn threw parties, Dawn threw spectacular parties. Uh, gosh, I, I, I can't count how many of them I attended. Four of them were for me. There were birthday parties for me through the years. But she didn't want the parties to be showbiz events. Uh, no picture taking was allowed unless you asked her permission and she wouldn't get in the picture. So if you had a party for yourself at her house, you could take a picture with Peter Marshall and his wife who were attending. Wow. But but you couldn't just click, 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 take pictures. She threw a birthday party for me one year. It was a, a outdoor barbecue birthday party. Uh, Barbara Eden and her husband, Peter Marshall and his wife, Lori, uh, Dawn and her manager, our publicist, Harlan and his spouse and me. There's not one photo, she wouldn't allow it. Uh, she didn't want her guests to feel like they were on display. She wanted them to feel like they were guests in her home. And in the larger parties, we didn't talk about Gilligan's Island or Marianne. Or, we talked about 
hey kids, uh, here's the thought. Uh, your best friend has done something felony illegal and you know about it. Do you stay loyal as a friend and say nothing or do you turn him in? And she'd ask her guests one by one to give a thoughtful answer, which would lead to more discussion about other topics like that. So that her parties were very stimulating and always, 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 what if, what do you think of discussion of concepts? That's who Dawn was. Uh, if I stayed over at her house, Dawn, Dawn had a, a, in case anybody thinks naughtiness was going on, she had an extra bedroom on the other side of the house. Yeah. And uh, I'd sleep over quite often. And, you know, six o'clock in the morning, bang, 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 bang. It's time for coffee. It's time to talk. Get up. Huh. I'd, I'd stagger out of my bedroom in my underwear, boxer shorts and T-shirt. And she'd be in a T-shirt. And we'd sit at her kitchen table and she'd pour coffee. And while we were waking up, she'd spend two hours you know, what if we could go to Mars? What do you think life like that would be like? What if a pandemic hits? You can't leave your house. How do you survive that? And that's how I'd wake up with her because it was important for her to keep her brain working, to keep wondering about the wonder of the universe. So I think psychologist would have been one thing. She could have been an explorer. She loved to travel. Her home was filled with artifacts from all over Africa. I mean, I, I don't know very many people who actually had a zebra rug on their living room floor right. or, a Mas or a Maasai a spear hanging on their wall or the uh, mask uh, uh, of a, a witch doctor from another part of Africa hanging up on her wall. So anything that would have stimulated her curiosity anything that would have helped her to answer the questions of life and the universe, I think that would have attracted her. It's very interesting that you mentioned like the, the existential questions of, you know, the what if of the universe. Uh, you know, people, all, everybody has a different opinion, but some of her answers kind of lead into the, the complexity, as you mentioned, uh, of the onion that is Dawn Wells. You peel off more, it seems like she becomes deeper and deeper and deeper. What was the most amazing thing that you discovered uh, through your friendship with Dawn? One amazing thing. Wow. And I say wow only because there are so many amazing things. Well, share a few with them. Just share a few. Well, I, I think for, for all of our friends who are listening, how different she was from the Marianne characters. And at the same time, how much she was like the Marianne characters. Uh, Dawn was nobody's innocent. She wasn't really the girl next door. She was a sophisticated woman. She had her love affairs. She enjoyed having a drink. She enjoyed the occasional joint. Uh, unlike the uh, press, she was not a marijuana addict. She wasn't a dealer. She, that, that's not who she was. But if it was a joint at a party got passed to her, she inhaled. She, she loved having a nice cocktail. She enjoyed really, really good food, whether it was at a wonderful restaurant or she was cooking it herself. She was a great cook. Uh, she loved chopped liver. I made that for her for my Jewish recipes. I, I think most people are, are so certain that she is Marianne 
that the most amazing thing is how much more than Marianne she was. I think she shared a lot of Marianne's ethics. And I say that only because Marianne was a show, a little show business history review. When Gilligan's Island, the pilot, the original pilot was there, there was no Ginger and Marianne. There were just two secretaries who got caught Mm -hmm. on that boat for a three hour period. Interchangeable personalities, no backstory at all. And the professor was a little hotter, a little more muscular. They had him taking off his shirt a lot in the pilot to show off his sexuality. And CBS said, oh, we don't think so. So Sherwood Schwartz is the creator of the Gilligan Island. But he brought in his brother and my dear friend, Austin Kalish, to do a rewrite. So it was, Austin's nickname was Rocky. It was Rocky and Al who created Ginger and Marianne and gave them their backstories. But there was nothing there. They had not really assumed that Marianne would be a major character. They thought that she would be, you know, walk in, say a line, look pretty, walk out. But as it turned out, Dawn brought Dawn to the park because it was not well fleshed out. Dawn fleshed it out as a good actor will. You give your character a backstory. You know where she came from. You know the education she had. Dawn did the process of filling all those things in for Marianne, taking it from her own life. So she gave Marianne that Marianne was a wonderful cook, could make delicious meals out of nothing. That was Dawn Wells. That Marianne, often on the show, was the arbiter of what would be right and what would be wrong. She would chastise the others that they were going astray. Marianne, I think, was the heart of Gilligan's Island. I don't mean she was the main character. I mean, the same way Jean Stapleton's Edith was the heart of all in the family. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was Marianne's heart that kind of kept all the other people on that island going in the right direction, feeling the love, treating each other well. And that's Dawn. Dawn did not uh, suffer fools gladly. And if you didn't treat her friends and people she loved properly, you heard it from her. She, she, she brooked no baloney. Yeah, not pretentious at all. Mm-mm. So that uh, that much of her is Marianne because Marianne is that much of her. That, makes, that sentence makes sense mm-hmm. because they didn't write it. They just didn't write it in. The scripts were written to feature Gilgan and the Skipper and the Howells, and then tangentially the other three characters. And uh, Dawn was talented enough and smart enough, you know, smart enough not just to do her job so well, but to realize the opportunity in front of her. And she was a sponge. I think Dawn and I had that in common. A sponge meaning she would absorb all of the lessons to learn, all of the all, all, what, what can I find out today? What can I learn today on the set? Glamour and makeup. She really says Tina Louise Potter. They weren't close friends at all, but she learned from Tina. You know, Dawn, nobody knows, Dawn wore mink eyelashes on that show to give her that, to give Marianne that look. She learned that from Tina. Mm-hmm. And she, she learned a lot about comedy timing from Natalie Schaefer and Jim Backus. 
She observed, she learned. She, that, that's the sponge part I'm talking about, the absorption. I didn't mean she sponges off people, quite the opposite, she was very generous. But that's part of who she was. That, that's why Marianne, Marianne got better and better and better as the season went on because she grew with the character. And I think that's who Don was as a person. She kept growing. I'm Cindy Verbally. I'm here with Ray Carr and star of our show, Jeffrey Mark. And this show is named Hitting the Mark. And this week we are talking about Don Wells. 